Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. of God. Grace has many expressions. And without a doubt, it has engaged in your life so many times, you have no idea. And 
I think that if you understood how often and how much your lives have been protected, guided, intervened by heaven, your jaw would drop on the floor. That is the nature of grace. And it's an itsy-bitsy voice, but everybody has that. It's like a, a wave of guilt that goes through you that says, are you really sure you want to say that or think that about that person? That's, that's grace in action. That's grace that comes in and says, take that back. That's how grace It saves you from doing something harsh and dark and gives you an option to do something good and right in its place. Grace is the breath of God. Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. That was Carolyn Mace. Looking forward to having our spiritual vaccine with her coming soon. I hope you've been enjoying our evening spiritual vaccine sessions. As you know, the meditation museums that we run here in the nation's capital are all closed down. We're not quite sure when we will reopen. So with my pure feelings and wish that you know we're here for you, We just wanted to offer an evening session that can keep you evolved and updated. And America Meditating is going to be streaming them on the special playlist as well, so look out for that if you just want to hear it and don't need to watch anything that's going on, but you could just listen to some of the thoughts and the ideas. Tune in as that gets released pretty shortly. May Day is coming up, and it's an interesting program. So it's called the May Day Universal Meditation and Prayer for World Peace. It'll be on May 8th, 2020, and the time when it begins online will be at 3 p.m. ET. 3 p.m. ET. And you can go to Sion Earth, S-I-O-N. Earth will be streamed through various platforms. It's going to be nice. You'll have Tyson, Michael Beckwith, Carolyn, a whole bunch of folks that are going to be involved with this particular project. In a time when we're hunkered down at home, we definitely will need a lot of individuals that can just keep generating their pure vibrations, their pure thoughts, their pure wishes for humanity. We need more good people in the world. And in order for us to really raise the vibrations in the atmosphere, a collective idea will be important for us to really collectively link to each other would be a great value, great value. Yes, you know, when we are just doing our own thing and moving along in our own way, that's fine too. We all have the power of independence and so on, but come on. Together too, we can make a very, very big difference and we can 
definitely raise the vibrations on the planet and be an instrument for global change. Speaking about instruments for global change, our next guest, Moon Cho, is the creator of Yin and Yang Living and is an influencer on spiritual and holistic living to heal your mind, body, and soul. Moon has over 215,000 YouTube subscribers. Yin and Yang Living's mission is to heal people around the world with mindful and higher conscious living. We need that. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Moon Cho to America Meditating Radio. Hi, Moon. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Oh, nice to have you on air. Thank you. How are you doing during all this pandemic? Yeah, thank you for asking. You know, I've had some wave of emotion happening, and at the beginning, you know, I was okay, and then I heard my whole family lives in New York City, and all of a sudden, I just had this panic of like, oh my God, are they all going to get infected? Because they live like at the heart, you know, my brother has a business in the city, which he obviously had to close. One of my siblings lives really close to one of the hospitals, the Elmer's Hospital, which was highly infected. I mean, they had a lot of deaths. And my mom is 90 years old. Another family member has an underlying health condition. I realized I was really focusing on the obstacles and not the solutions. So I started to do more meditations, and I started to do a vulnerability meditation practice. What was that like? You know, I started this vulnerability meditation practice about a couple of months ago, actually right before the pandemic started. It's a profound meditation because, you know, I'm going into a space that is the most uncomfortable for me. And I was visualizing incidences of trauma of my childhood and trauma of my past that I could consciously remember. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of unconscious stuff but that I could consciously remember, which was like my father beating my sister, the death of my late sister's son, who I always say died of years of stress and unhappiness. I visualized her at her deathbed, which is very painful. So I was going into the most uncomfortable space because there's a beautiful quote by Carl Jung, and I just did a video based around this, He says, that which we need most can be found where we least want to look. (laughs) And I said, you know what? That is so true. I'm going to go where I least want to look. (laughs) So I was taking the premise of the bodhicitta practice of going really deep into that space of how can I keep my heart and mind open in spite of the pain and suffering? How can I be unconditionally compassionate to myself, unconditionally love myself, and how can I keep that heart and mind open regardless of the pain and suffering that is within me and around me, the practice of the bodhicitta? And I said, you know, I'm going to do this practice. And there were times when I just started just crying in tears doing this meditation, but That is a process of releasing the healing. So I said, I'm just going to allow whatever emotions to come. I'm just going to allow it. And I'm just going to stay present with it. Keep staying present with it. Keep staying present with it. Keep staying present with it. And let that energy evolve into something beautiful. And that's been during this particular period? 
Yeah, I've been doing that meditation and other types of meditation, but I never really did this type of meditation where I started to really visualize the most painful. Well, you know, situations like this, I think, tend to bring up a lot of emotions. I have to say, during this particular time, I've been pretty spot on, but I've had Mm -hmm. situations of the past, such as the post-election No matter how much wisdom I had, I couldn't snap out of the feeling of the betrayal I felt from my humanity. And Mm -hmm. Moon, no matter how much I knew, okay, it's been a prediction, I knew it was going to happen, all of this, that energy in me was so painful. And it was Mm -hmm. one early morning at 4 o'clock in the morning, I sat, I'm talking to the divine and I'm going, I just don't know what it is. And it was like the emergence of all the freedom fighters who stood up and fought for humanity's justice came in front of me. And it was like the message was, you're one of them. That's why you're feeling that pain. And I go, yes, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think for many of us, it's a good thing to encounter particular periods like what you went through during this COVID time, what I've been through post-election and many other situations, because we Mm -hmm. don't want to keep carrying the weight of our past with us. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know what it is, is what I realize is that whatever is kind of happening in the outer world, we react to it based on what we're carrying consciously and unconsciously, more unconsciously. So if something is happening in the outer world, it triggers something with us on an unconscious level and it brings a certain reaction because, you know, my husband during this time, he's fine. Like, he's pretty much okay. And so I'm thinking, you know, you're not carrying as much garbage as I am, obviously, because people react so differently to the outer world situation. And one person could be totally fine and another person could be a basket case. When the post-election happened, I know that I got on the phone with my trademark lawyer the next day, and she was so depressed. She was so depressed, <laughs> like you. Like she The whole was world so was. <laughs> Funny enough, I wasn't. I'm so neutral to politics. I'm so neutral. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't. But then there are other things that so affect me deeply, like somebody would not blink an eye about. So what I realized is that whatever happens in that outer world, it kind of triggers what we're carrying, like you said, the baggage that we're carrying. Yes. I have deep baggage of politics in previous incarnations. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. anything that I feel like is a political iniquity, it just Mm -hmm. blares me up. It's just like I can't Mm -hmm. help it. But I've done well. I've done well. You know, obviously. And having that awareness is very profound. I think it's at least 50% of the healing is having that awareness. Because you had that awareness, so you were able to talk to the divine and work through that because of that awareness. (laughs) That's one of the key things of awakening, of healing. Which is what I hope that we will get to, Moon, after this pandemic Mm -hmm. is over, that we come into Mm -hmm. a better awakening, a greater awakening. Look, I want to talk a lot about you. You were born in Seoul, Korea, Mm -hmm. raised in Queens, New York. You now live in beautiful Southern California. And I understand Mm -hmm. that your mother was actually the biggest influencer in your life for healthy living. I remember when we were growing up in the mornings, she would actually do breathing meditation exercise. I would see her do it. 
you know, she was like a pioneer, like in the early 80s when nobody was eating brown rice, especially Koreans. You know, they don't, you know, it's only white rice, mm-hmm. sticky white rice. <laughs> she started introducing us to white rice in the early 1980s, and then she would cut out every single fat that there was from the meat that she prepared, and my father would yell at her. I mean, he died of a heart attack for a lot of reasons, but not just because of diet, but for more more because he was a really angry person. He hated himself. He hated life, and that really did him in. But she would always like the foods that she prepared. We grew up eating really Korean food, and she would cook till midnight. She would come home from work. She worked with my dad, 8 o'clock, whatever, she, 9 o'clock. She would cook until midnight, making all of those little Korean panchans and the Korean food. There's all these side dishes. It's a lot of work. So she would cook till midnight. She'd wake up again, 6 a.m. in the morning, whatever she would do. You know, she raised six children. She was married to the most unhappy person. And Which yeah, was your dad? My dad. Yes. He was physically, emotionally, and mentally abusive to my mom me and my siblings. So I grew up in a very, very traumatic childhood. I grew up in a childhood where we were in fear of our father every day. So my mother's habits were very influential. Not, But she wasn't awakened to the fact that by staying with my dad was actually doing a lot more damage to her children. She didn't understand that. And of course, there was a part of me that always resented the fact that she never left my dad, even when we gave her the opportunity to do that, because I was, at the time, 13 or 14, especially the older ones, were well in their 20s, and we said, you can leave dad, and don't worry, we'll be good, we'll be fine. But she was so much fear. In her generation, you don't leave. You know, she would be 90 this year. I understand where she's coming from. I get it. But there was a part of me that resented her. But her habits of living, the lifestyle in terms of the food, exercise, really influenced me. That part of her really influenced me. She always had this mindset of healthy eating, breathing meditations and things like that. So how did you get on your spiritual journey? Really with my late sister's son. I have a sister named Sun, S-U-N, and my name is Moon, which just by synchronicity of the universe, this is how it happened. They're Korean given names. When I was about 32, she was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer. Very, very aggressive. And ovarian cancer is like a silent killer because the symptoms don't really show until it's really late. And it spread so rapidly in her body. She had to go into chemotherapy right away. At 32, I had no knowledge about the connection between the mind, body, and soul. No knowledge. But the first thing that came to mind when she got diagnosed was she got this disease because years of stress and unhappiness. She was she unhappy in her marriage? Everything about her life was horrible. She hated her job with a passion, and she made great money. But when Monday morning came, she was thinking about Friday already. She quit her job because she couldn't take it anymore. And a year later, she got cancer. Her bosses asked her to come. Two weeks later, they said, please come back. We'll give you even more money. And she was already making great money at the time. She hated it with a passion. Everything about her life was so stressful, so unhappy. And she lived in pretty much perpetual denial of her life. Mm -hmm. She had no awareness that her stress was going to kill her. 
she just had no awareness of that. But that infinite part of me told me, it was like, you know, the higher consciousness gave me that message. That's why she got cancer. And so after that, I read my first spiritual book called Grace and Grit by Ken Wilber. Beautiful book. Amazing author. Brilliant author of consciousness. It was like a 300-page book. I read it in one night. I had tears rolling down the whole time I read this book. All the emotions arose. Fear, anger, hatred, joy, peace. I mean, 300 pages, one night I read it overnight. After I read the book, a couple of months later, I went to a Buddhist meditation center in the mountains of Colorado. Spent one month there trying to meditate. (laughs) Did it work? Not really, (laughs) no. (laughs) I couldn't even sit for two minutes without a rampage. And I stayed there a month. And after I left, I said, you know, this meditation, this is a joke. But I always felt spiritual. Since I was a little kid, I felt something divine. I felt something, the universal forces. I don't know what it is. I just felt it. So when I started getting my own health issues, my own health condition started to arise. Really bad arthritic pains all over my body, eczema, rash, everything. And I was like, I've got to change my life. But the spirituality was always with me, but I wasn't really ramping it up. I was ramping it up more when I started to see the symptoms of my own health condition, and I associated that with something in my consciousness. And so I said yin-yang living was really because I had to be in the journey of the self-healing and self-awareness to be able to survive myself and always keeping my late sister's son in mind that she really died of stress and unhappiness. And knowing that she's now shining her light in the physical world, the sun, the way you see the moon is by the sun shine, reflecting its light to the moon and then the moon reflects that light back out to the universe. That's how you see the moon. And I feel like that's what sun wants to do. She's always with me, giving me messages, telling me and guiding me so that I can shine that light back out into the universe to do this work to help heal the planet. Right. So right. it's like, her greatest tragedy was the reason why... Was your gift for awakening. That's right. Wow. Because wow. Isn't that always her, the case, though? Yep. Isn't always. that always the case, Moon? Always, always that we're learning so much from each other. The greatest tragedy is our greatest teacher. Because if it wasn't for that, I would not have been on this path. So I always say it's the yin and yang. You can't have the light without the dark. You cannot have the dark without the light. It's a balancing act that the universal forces are doing in its infinite wisdom, infinite intelligence, infinite power, infinite love. Your yin and yang living has become tremendously successful, and it also brings Asian living tips to a global audience, which is, I value it. There's so much richness in our Asian culture. And by the way, Korea is one of my favorite countries that I visited quite regularly. Oh, wow. Wow. And my Korean is not too shabby when I'm in the mood. But for those who are still trying to figure out what does yin and yang mean and any particular reason how that came about? Again, this is the divine synchronicity of the universe, and I didn't know it at the time. I said, you know what, I'm just going to start a healthy living blog, and I have no actual formal education in holistic or spiritual living. So I was like, I'm just going to start a healthy living blog. So I said, what am what I going to name it? Yin and Yang Living. I like the harmony, the balance. And I focused a lot in the beginning on Asian living tips. And now it's all about spiritual holistic living tips because that's what I truly believe in. And so 
I named it Yin and Yang Living. My mother, who's 90 years old, her generation, they all studied Chinese character in Korea. They all are required to study Chinese character, her generation. She always visits me in California in the winter months because it's much warmer here in the winter months. And I think it was two years after I created Yin and Yang Living, she said, Moon, did you know that in Chinese, the Yin character represents the moon and the Yang character represents the sun? And I almost dropped to the floor (laughs) because it was literally me and my late sister's son, which is the reason why my logo is the crescent moon and the round sun. I literally almost dropped to the floor when she said that to me. I said to myself, you know what? When you are on your soul's path, these divine synchronicities are revealed to you. But you have to be on your soul's path and you have to have faith that this is what you're supposed to do. And you don't know how you're going to do it. You have no formal education in doing it. You don't know how it's all going to come together, but it's going to come together because you're on your soul's path. The universe knows how to make it happen. You just got to surrender and release to that. And that's what I did by just creating this blog. I had no formal education, but I did a lot of learning, a lot of studying, a lot of research. And, you know, I did a lot of that on my own. And I realized that, wow, this is the truth. We're talking about this non-physical energy that has this infinite wisdom, infinite power, infinite intelligence that really governs everything in this physical matter, in this physical form. And I call it that God-love energy. So I said, this is life-altering. Everybody could awaken to this. Their life could change in a profound way, whether it's their health, whether it's money, whether it's relationships, whether it's career. So yin and yang living has always been my kind of therapy, to tell you the truth, therapy to heal myself, really. We are really healing ourselves in the process of our growth and listening to stories and emerging projects that we don't even know where they're coming from, but it just comes, you know, life experiences as it continues to unfold. What do you think is the most important spiritual and mindful living practice that you are practicing, but something that also you think we should start to practice as well? Yeah, as I've been doing this work in my own practice is really to live in the now. I've been feeling more that and too. More, yeah, to be more and more present in this moment because there is no future, there is no past. The future is just a projection of the mind of what we think is going to happen or what we are fear in the future. The past is still a projection of the mind. It's all the mind. Everything is happening in the now. All universal forces are happening in the now. It never happens in the future. It never happens in the past. So there's some profound quote by that beautiful philosopher, Wittgenstein, who says, those who live in the now have eternal life. Why? Because there is no other moment but the now. There is no other moment but the now. So eternal life, whether you're in this physical form or non-physical form, this physical form is bound by time-space reality, and that's what stresses us out because when we come into this physical form, we're bound by time-space reality, but that non-physical is transcendent. It transcends all time-space reality. So really what only exists is now. That is the eternal truth, is now. So that's why every practice, when we meditate, we're trying to train our minds 
to be present in the now. So that as we go into the car driving, we're in the now. As we do food shopping, we're in the now. As we're working, we're in the now. As I'm doing the show with you, I'm in the now. We're in the now, yeah. I I think that's really important. That's what I have appreciated, Moon, that the coronavirus has actually helped many, many Mm -hmm. individuals to just be present because they're not running here and there for the exception of them maybe spending too much time on social media or binge-watching on Netflix. They're still having to be more present than they ever have. And it must be a sweet feeling for them because to be present and to be in the now is the natural existence of our souls. Yes, absolutely. It is the natural existence of our soul because our soul's perspective doesn't necessarily see the coronavirus as a real problem. It sees it as a great opportunity for spiritual expansion and growth. Like you said, the soul really is only in present in the now. And so it's this this layer of the ego, the thoughts, the mind, ego, that is creating all this problem because we're having fears about the future and anxiety about the future. We're having regrets and frustration and resentment about the past. So we peel away that ego mind and we're just left with the soul now. And as we keep practicing this living in the now, we keep returning more and more to that, like you said, that wisdom of that natural state of who we really are. And I always say, as we live more and more in the now, the next moment will organically and naturally take care of itself. So how do you find solutions to this huge pandemic? Live more in the now. And what happens is when you live more in the now, you also have inspirational ideas that come to you to have the right solution to solve these issues and problems. The more we live in the now, the more we have clarity of what the next idea is going to be to innovate to solve these issues. That's why the power of the now becomes so powerful. We cannot solve these problems when we are not living in the now. Too much in the past and too much into the future. It's as if we just don't get to really appreciate what life is all about. We're not present. Like you said, we can't see it. But I have to tell you this before I let you go. Your vegan kimchi fried rice was amazing. (laughs) Just look at it. When I was watching it, but, you know, we make that because we're vegetarians. We might not be vegan. But just when I looked at the recipe, I told brother, we have to make this. This is it. it. but it just looks I eat a so lot of that. good. Yeah, it it's is. so good. Is. Make sure you put some of that miso paste because that really helps it. Yeah, the you miso know, paste that miso. really makes everything yeah. taste good. So if, oh. even if you like kimchi, you're going to like the kimchi fried rice. Oh, yeah, I love kimchi. <laughs> I love kimchi. I love Korean food. So listen, you got any final thoughts to share with us? I know that you do a weekly podcast on Thursdays. Yes. So if they go to yinyangliving.com, they can find the link to my live streaming. And that's where we do a group healing meditation. And then I answer questions because I always say when I heal others, I'm really healing myself. We always start with a group healing meditation because somebody, like a viewer says, I want to heal this. And then we collectively use our collective consciousness to send that healing energy to the person so it's like an intention meditation and then i answer any questions that viewers may have so that happens every week well mostly every week it depends on what the schedule is but i i'm pretty consistent beautiful 
Any final thoughts you'd like to leave our amazing audience? Yeah, like recently something just happened in my own life that I was kind of really disappointed about. And I said, you know, I'm just going to surrender and release to the universe. I'm just going to cultivate faith in the infinite power, infinite wisdom, infinite intelligence of God. I'm just going to give it up. I'm just going to give it up. And so I always say the more we let go, the more we receive and just surrender to that, whatever it is. And before, you know, even five years ago or 10 years ago, I would have been 10 times more devastated by this. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, I was disappointed, but I wasn't so out of balance because I've been practicing surrender and release. So just surrender and release. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to take inspired action. That's not what it means. It means that you don't necessarily know the bigger picture. God knows the bigger picture. So surrender and release to whatever is happening, surrender and release, allow the flow of the universe to guide you. And whatever arises, don't be resistant to it. If a bad news comes, don't get so sucked up in that drama. Surrender and release. Be connected to God and release that. And of course, there's time for mourning. But I always say the power of letting go is the most powerful thing because every time I've let go, something else dropped on my lap, literally. Every time I let go... Something bigger dropped on my lap. It's so powerful. So during this time, I know it's really hard, but just have more faith in God. Have more faith in the universe because we have a lot of fear, a lot of anxiousness. Just have faith. Faith is so important. It's the foundation for everything. Not knowing, but having faith that it's going to work out for you is so critical, especially during these times. And that's my last words, you know. It's powerful. Yes, they are, and you are too. And I thank you so much. I really appreciate the sense, your vibration of just natural authenticity really up my alley and would love for us to continue our dialogue in the future. Yes. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. And blessings to your family in New York, and stay healthy and happy, and we'll connect again real soon. Okay, thank you so much. Bye. Beautiful. So if anybody wants information on Moon Cho, please go to yinandyangliving.com. That's Y-I-N-A-N-D, yang, Y-A-N-G, living.com. Great recipes. I forgot to tell her, kamsayam sedal, so I should have told her thank you in Korean. I missed that one. Anyway, here's letting go because Moon just said it's really time for us to keep letting go of stuff that we don't keep holding on to stuff. And remember, as I close every show, no one should give you the power that you lose your happiness. You should not give up your power for someone. That You shouldn't make them want to love less because of them. But anyway, just remember that we're here to love each other the same. And remember to pause for your traffic control. Every hour and hour, go inside. Om Shanti, I'm a peaceful soul. Connect to the divine, the ocean of peace, and send those vibrations Everywhere you go, major practice for this time period that we're in. Here is letting go. Let me end it on this note. Have a lovely day, everyone. Take care. Om Shanti. The time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate. But even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness 
which is awareness of the soul, the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness, it's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self. About connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion, nationality, or even a language. Ask yourself. How do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? Supreme Soul would think of you, and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, I am truly who I am. A free Pure, 
Allow yourself to just be absorbed in this awareness. this time. I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.